And we're live. Welcome everybody here to your favorite day of the week. It is Friday. It's my last Friday before I have a kid or a second kid. Uh, I'm joined as always by Aaron Larsoul. We are doing this thing live. Uh, I'm just going to check out some stuff so I can think about it and mull it over while right. I'm on paternity leave. But because uh, yeah, you, you're yeah. going to need more to think about that. I really will. Like I, you can ask Harrison, you can ask Pete, who was with me when when uh, Avery was born. I was not good at taking time off. I am not good at taking time off. I'm. You can ask Jen. I, as I'm quote unquote off, I tend right. to bother her with Lakers takes. So I suspect you just bother her generally. Well, yeah, this is an extra thing that I bother her with. Yeah. Okay. Like I just sit there and just Jen. Can you believe they haven't traded Russell Westbrook yet? Like, what do we? What's going on? What, what, what has Rob Palinka been fired? Like that's, that's generally how, what would me and Jen <laughs> this is, have been This is about. what I'm getting on this lovely Friday morning. <laughs> this is how we're starting this off here. <laughs> good thing. I, good thing I brought this. Yeah. Unnamed cognac is what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we are going to uh, be talking today about the fact that Russell Westbrook is still on the roster as things currently stand. Uh, you, we were just talking a little bit ago when I, when I asked you, hey, do you want to go live here? And you said that um, like Lakers family stuff is going to be kicking off here in the next couple of weeks. We have mini camps coming. We have the actual training camp coming. We are, you know, weeks away from essentially the, the roster being solidified heading into the season. And there sits Russell Westbrook. So, Aaron, I'm just going to ask you straight up, like, they aren't actually going to do this, right? <laughs> like, like I, I liken it. I always compare it to car crashes that you can kind of see coming in the parking okay. lot. You know, where, like, you, you walk out of the store... You see two cars like backing out towards each other, and as they're backing out, you're like, "All right, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna hit the brakes. Somebody's gonna check their their rear view. They can't both be on their phone right now. They're they're not actually gonna hit each other. Oh my god, they're gonna! Holy crap, they just ran into each other. Look at that. Now I'm stuck here. <laughs> um, is is this is this how this is gonna go? Or are, are the Lakers actually gonna back into are the Lakers and Russell Westbrook actually gonna back into each other in the parking lot? I, I'm just the analogies are so good. I'm I'm like thinking, what kind of car is each? What kind of vehicle is each? Um, the Lakers are definitely a minivan. Okay, family vehicle. Okay, man, yeah, that's, yeah, okay, that's good. like a like a 1994 Ford Aerostar. That was that was incredibly specific. Uh, so I have thought that Russ is a Lamborghini with no brakes. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I have thought um, for the entire offseason that the best course of action was moving Russ, assuming mm -hmm. you could get something reasonable that would that would that would be useful, that would be helpful. Um, and I still think that's the case. And I still think there's a decent chance of that. However, okay, now, so here's my analogy, right? So now, now, now I'm going to sidetrack us. All right. I come growing up. I thought I always wanted to have kids. I assume that's how my life was going to go. Mm -hmm. um, don't, I, don't do I, it. 
Why anybody I, listening? Uh, <laughs> and this is this is your dating, marriage, and family advice from Anthony Irwin. Uh, I used to have like one chin. At one point in my life, I had one chin, and now I have a, multiple chins per child. That's it's like as you as you as you have children, have the, no, hold on. you, you lose a chin. This, you don't even have the second one yet. What are you talking about? Oh, he, he's, he's not it's there. He's, when I look down, <laughs> no, no, you have the second chin. You don't have the second kid. You don't get to blame him yet. Oh, no, I do. No, as soon as you find... Dude, come on. As soon as you find out you're having the second kid, you essentially have the second kid. All right, fair. All right. So, and by the way, my brother has two, and it, it is not like a, a Does he have lateral, two kids? No, he does not. <laughs> but it is not... It is like an exponential difference. It's not oh like my God, one dude. plus one equals two. It's no. like one plus one equals eight. <laughs> yeah. And the times when Jen wants to go do something and you're on the penalty kill and you got have both of them. Yeah, well, that's why you're drinking. Anyway, so yep. I thought my life was going to, I assumed I would probably have kids. I wanted to, and I'm still open to it. I don't know if I want to anymore, but I am now a few days away from my 45th birthday and I don't have children now. So I have become more aware of and accustomed to and accepting of because of the timing, it may not happen. So I understand as we get closer and closer and closer to camp that it becomes more and more likely that I will not have children and, and Russ will still be on the roster. I get that. I do think there is still a decent possibility that he gets moved. Um, but I but I get that the sentiment that like, okay, this is getting pretty this is getting pretty tight here. Um, but I also I really enjoyed your pod with uh, with Dan Wojcicki about the the pitfalls of either path and about the, I don't know. I don't think it's complicated. You guys described it as complicated. I don't think it's that complicated. I just think it's a very difficult decision. And I don't think it has at this point, I don't think it has a clear answer. That um, sounds semantical. It's not complicated, but it is difficult. No, because uh, so uh, here's the thing. I tell people all the time, tell me like about, I think there's a difference. Like things can be simple, but not easy. Right. I think I don't think it's I don't think it's yeah. complicated. I just think that as you guys talked okay. about and as you and I have talked about, there are there there are valid arguments on either side. So I have thought and I still think that the cleanest path and the best path forward is is trading Russ. I still believe that. But that that's in a vacuum that lacks the context of what does the deal look like? And that has been the hangup so far. So, like, are the two cars going to back up into each other? It's looking more and more likely at this point. What the fuck? <laughs> How many of those do you have? And do you ever do you ever get new ones? I do. I have. I have. I. I, I got to add to the library, or whatever. That's going to be one of my things on on paternity leave. But but I have. I have plenty of them. I here's the thing. So simple but not easy, right? Normally the right thing to do falls under those categories. Right? Like normally, like if the if the right thing to do was always easy, we'd be living in Eden, right? Because like this is just we would just be living in in uh utopia where everybody did the right thing all the time. Because it's easy. The reason mm -hmm. people do the wrong thing a lot is because it tends to be easier, right? It's 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 harder to walk the straight and narrow. Um, and 
yeah, I, I still I still land on and I have landed on. If anything, I, I think it's I've I thought the first move that the Lakers should make this offseason has always been even acknowledging that they didn't have a deadline to do this, but I think now that we look back on the offseason, the deadline to do this was before the Lakers started filling out the rest of the roster because they've clearly filled out the rest of the roster with a Russ move in mind. That's why they signed Lonnie Walker to... They, they used their, their exception, their mid-level exception on Lonnie Walker, who plays the same position as, as Russell Westbrook. They're excited about Kendrick Nunn coming back. He plays the same position as Russell Westbrook. They trade for Patrick Beverly. He plays the same position as Russell Westbrook. And it's like, at some point here, the Lakers needed to, uh, you know, they, they, they've been basically approaching their, and there's still time, you know, but, but I think the more logical approach to this offseason would have been make the rust trade as painful as it might be, as, as um, uneasy as it might make them feel, make that rust trade, and then you, then you attack the rest of the roster now knowing what kinds of players you got back in the rust trade. This idea that they're going to retrofit the roster to a rust trade is just, it's really difficult to do, especially given the fact that the Lakers clearly have, they've limited their pool to clutch guys and former Lakers as, as potential yeah. acquisitions. Okay. So it's like- <laughs> I mean, that, 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 all of that is great in theory. Sure. But, that, but there's, but there's context missing there because I, and again, I understand it. You and I have had this conversation offline. I get Lakers fans frustration with the season and I even understand, I disagree with it, but I understand the sentiment. I just need this dude. I don't, I, I don't want to watch this anymore. I can't, I can't watch this anymore. Get this dude out of here, no matter what. But that's not the way it works, right? Like, would it have been, would it have been ideal to take the path that you're saying? If you're going to move Russ, you move him earlier so that you know what you have back. And then you go into free agency, the draft, summer league, all of that. Um, with all of that in mind, right? Yes, sure. But that doesn't mean that that deal was out there. And that doesn't mean that even though that was the ideal path, that it makes sense to do that if the deal isn't there. Like that can, that can having, putting a, that, that deadline on yourself, putting that artificial deadline on yourself can force you into a bad deal or a worse deal than you could get otherwise. And then you're not better off. You're worse off. So, yes, you're right. Like, artificial deadlines tend to work in the team that you're negotiating with's favor. But, Aaron, this was never going to be a winning move. Like, you're moving a future Hall of Famer and a future, and, and, a, and you know, two first-round picks uh, down the road for spare parts. Like, this was never going to be a, a, a painless move. Again, it's the difference between the easy thing to do and the right thing to do. The easy thing to do would have been like, it seems like their general approach right now is, well, maybe, maybe Darvin Ham gets to him. Maybe Russell Westbrook just like completely rethinks his approach to basketball after a 14 or 15 year career that has been incredibly fruit- fruitful and he's on the way to the Hall of Fame for, like, sure, yeah, maybe he'll he'll rethink these things. Um, but that's that's not... You know, while that is easy, that's not reality. That's I, I don't think anybody who watched him play last year would think to themselves, while it is possible 
that he might rethink those things. Nobody watching him last year would say, like, I would bet on him rethinking his approach to the game. Aaron, I, oh, his, I agent, agree with his you. agent was fired no, 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 no. for merely I, saying, like, hey, man, give it a shot. See how it I goes. You. And Russ was like, I, no. I agree. I agree with you. It is unlikely. I saw enough last year. I think it is unlikely that the fit works with Russ. I agree with you. However, yeah. in my opinion, and yours could differ, yours does differ. I still am unwilling to just make any deal. Because I'm not, I've that- never said make any deal. I'm say- the deals haven't changed, Aaron. Like the, yeah. the ones that we've been hearing about haven't changed over the course of the offseason. It's been like Russ and two first rounders for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. That is, according to what I've what I've been told, that has been there all offseason. And the, the Pacers eventually walked away from the negotiating table because the Lakers were like, no, <laughs> we will not include both first rounders until we absolutely have to. And I'm saying they absolutely had to at the beginning of the offseason. As soon as Russell Westbrook had that at, had that press conference where he called LeBron James and Anthony Davis liars for saying that they tried to let Russ be Russ. That was your deadline, man. That was that was the, that was the setup for for how this offseason was going to go. And and Aaron, like again, and I get it. Like I, I understand that people who don't take this in as obsessively as I do, right? Roll their eyes at me looking at or anybody looking at Twitter likes or retweets or analyzing DAP at Patrick Beverly's uh, <laughs> at Patrick Beverly's Anthony announcement. Ir- Anthony Irwin, body language expert. Exactly, yeah. But like body language is 75% of our communication. It is. Like that is that that still makes up the reason why you're in my shows. Like, like your and my shows would be endlessly better if we did this in person, right? And the reason that is because we would be able to see, hey, Aaron isn't feeling this point. I, I know the reason why I prefer to do all of my shows. I remember when I first started out doing this uh, and, and Zoom. Back then it was on, oh, God, what was the other one? Not Zoom, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Skype? Skype, thank you, yeah. When I when I first started doing this or on 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 um on Google Chat or whatever, uh, I would have to ask people, guests and stuff, hey, can you turn on your camera? And they'd be like, Why? And I'm like, Because it's way better. The conversation is way better if I see you rolling your eyes at my third point in a row. And I know not to come back to that point. Uh, no, 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 you're bullshit. <laughs> That's not true. You are bullshit. You just want to do like Chick Hearn did, used to do Pat Riley and put the fist up when it was time for him to, to shut up. That's what uh, you guys can't see. He tells me when it's time to be quiet. This is, the live show is different. This is what he tells me normally. Aaron, he puts the I, fist I've, up. I've had my fist up. To this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I I look at. I look at the 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 offseason that the Lakers have had and I like I think you would agree that they seem to have filled out that that the roster as if Russell Westbrook wasn't going to be on it right they're very guard heavy I think that I think that is well what do we say about assumptions but I think that that is a yeah. fair conclusion to draw it's an assumption but I think it is a fair conclusion to draw yes and even even if they didn't like if they if they didn't design the roster with Russ, Russell Westbrook be, not being on it, um, then <laughs> they designed a really weird roster. <laughs> so like either it's a super weird roster, or they did it with this move in mind, with with the idea that Russell Westbrook wouldn't be on it. And look, I uh, Ramona Shelburne was on the Low Post, and and 
Um, they're talking about the situation and how likely it is for uh, Russ to actually be there at training You're saying camp. Re- uh, uh, recently she was? Yeah, she just did. Yeah, okay, they yeah. released I heard earlier the last, the last one with, uh, with Ian Bagley was good, but I haven't heard. I haven't heard um, the Ramona part yet. So they, they, they also, by essentially, the way, not, they, they also con- not they, incredibly well connected with the Lakers anymore, but that's another, that's yeah, another story. I mean, it, yeah, that's, I'd be curious to see what, what went on there. But anyway, like, uh, from yeah, what way, Ramona like, is I'm, told, I'm not talking bad about Ramona because she's still very well connected around the league. Yeah. Just not as well connected. And I think she's really good. So I don't take it that way. She's just not as well connected with the Lakers specifically as she used to be. Yeah. Um, what's, what, that makes this next point interesting, though. She uh, was talking with Lowe about this, and she was actually speaking more from Russell Westbrook's perspective in, in saying that he hasn't demanded a trade, but he'd be open to it. And, and uh, Seb, by the way, to, for, for your Monday, the plan is for Aaron, me, and Harrison to be doing this together. So that's a heads up on there. But, but uh, according to Ramona, Russ hasn't demanded a trade, but he's certainly open to one. Um, and I guess the next step in this, like we keep on waiting for things to escalate one way or the other, right? Either the Lakers actually go out and make a trade or we get the leak that the Lakers have actually pulled him off of the table and they are now committed to bringing him back. Um, as things stand right now, everything's in this really awkward situation where like, like, you know, when you see a cup standing at the edge of the, at the end of the edge of the table, you okay. know, that thing's about to fall, mm-hmm. you know, all that potential energy. We have all this potential energy stored up right now and we're waiting for something to either slide the cup back onto the table or for, you know, Avery to come over and knock it off. Right? <laughs> well, your daughter catches strays every week. She can't catch anything right now uh, other than colds. But so, so the, we're waiting for, for some kind of something to, to, to move the cup one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And one potential thing that could, that could move this cup one way or the other is Russ coming out and demanding a trade. And based on... Based on his moves to this point and, and his approach to this offseason to this point where he's going out and hit the, the, the tweets that he actually is liking are the ones that talk about how this guy can't be considered washed. How dare you hold him accountable for everything that went wrong last season? Um, and the tweets that he isn't liking are the ones where like LeBron and Patrick Beverly are saying like, we can't wait to see this guy bounce back next year. Um, it, it's pretty clear he wants out too. So like, is the next move him just coming out and demanding a trade? I don't think so. Um, and the and the reason why there's no inertia either way, I think, is because it, they're in a very strange situation, uh, both sides, where I think at this point it makes psychological sense and business sense for both sides to just placate and kind of make nice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no upside for the Lakers. Uh, I, we, I talk about this all the time, so I'll repeat myself very quickly, but there's no upside for the Lakers to talk down on Russ, no matter what the objective is. And for Russ in Russ's situation, I don't know that it helps him to demand a trade, right? Because as you and I have talked about before, 
as it would appear, his agent, that riff was about, as you and Dan Wojcicki talked about, if Russ is traded somewhere and it's somewhere where he is not traded to where he's going to be allowed to shine and star and do what he does, and he is either bought out or has a lesser role, um, I'm not sure what that does to the future of Russ's earning power. I think Russ can still be a good, maybe even very good NBA player. Probably good. I don't know about very good. Very good might be stretching it. Um, where he can still get it. it but... Where he can I, see. I think he can still be a good, useful. How about useful? I think he can still be a useful NBA player. I think he can still play. I think the issue is the fit here. And so, if he is if he is traded to a place where all of the stars align and he's allowed to kind of run the show and do his thing, that could be useful for his for his future career. If not, and he's traded somewhere where he gets bought out or he has a minimized role, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that makes sense for him because I think he's going to, you and I have talked about it a million times. If you go somewhere and people hate getting bought out, usually coming off a big contract, guys don't like getting bought out mm-hmm. because, because they become that, a minimum player. You become a minimum player. And that is, that reputation is incredibly tough to shake. So especially at this stage of his career, he's so, 30 something. I, he, I, yeah. So I don't, uh, I think he's 33, I think. Yeah, I was going to um, say 33, 34. So I don't, like, I don't know that Russ, like, wants to get traded. And if he does, I mean, I think the chance for him to have his biggest role is is here. Does that mean he will do what it takes to make the effective in that role? I don't know about that, right? All indications are probably not, but I don't know. So I think it is, I think the reason I think there has been this kind of, like, standstill is because it's not in either team's best or either side's best interest to push like talk down on the other or force any action the lakers are going to do what they're going to do behind the scenes you you have to say in the meantime you have to say of course we think it can work here's how it can work and and pat bev loves russ and everybody and and lebron says this dude's gonna bounce back all of that genie says he was, you know, our, our most consistent, our most available player. All that. Ham says, here's how it's going to work. And Russ, it doesn't say, oh, get me, get me the fuck up out of here. Because it doesn't benefit either side to do that. Russ just fired you as his agent. <laughs> I'm not saying he shouldn't get traded. I'm saying it doesn't make sense for him to say, get me out of here. Aaron, it doesn't. Like it financial sense, he would lose bird rights. Like this is why. This no, is no, why, he wouldn't lose bird rights if he gets traded. Right, that's what I'm saying. It, uh, but he would he would lose bird rights if he gets traded and bought out. Right, like Correct. he he Correct. seems to like he seems unless, to think unless 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 if he once he gets waived, if he got picked up by another team, yeah. then the contract on the transfer. full contract. Yeah, but yes, then he would. Nobody would. Nobody which is I think that. literally impossible. <laughs> uh, unless somebody is going to create. Forty-seven million dollars of cap space. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but you know, I have to throw that nerdy like Eric Pincus, that the the CBA. I have the caveat in there. He could get waived and picked up, and could continue. It could happen. Yeah, it won't. No, it will not. But yeah, you're everything. What you just said is objectively true. The 
at least in terms of of what makes the most sense for Russell Westbrook. I don't think it. I don't think it makes the most sense for the Lakers, but I think it makes the most sense for Russell Westbrook to to go back and try to figure this out and accept the role that helps the Lakers win and show that he is willing to do that. Right. And because right now, the reason why teams aren't interested in Russell Westbrook isn't because necessarily the talent has slipped that prodigiously, right? Precipitously. Uh, that's well, either not, both work, both, both are work. You're the writer, but both work. Yeah. Um, but the, like that, the reason he hasn't been moved or, or teams aren't interested in, in trading for him is the cap, you know, is, is the, is the cap hit, right. And, and bringing on $47 million. But like, in terms of just raw talent, he is, I would say like a, he's a, a below average, but still starting caliber point guard. I think at this stage of his career, um, but still starting caliber. Like he's not, he would be, he would, if he came off the bench, he would be the best point guard coming off the bench in, in, in the league. Um, if, if he accepted that kind of a role. And so like for him, if he was just interested in, in what gives him the most longevity at this earning power or, or something closest to this earning power, then the, the move is make it work with the Lakers Convince them to re-sign you this upcoming season uh, because of your, how how willing you were to accept a winning role on a winning team, and and move forward for, with the rest of your career there. Not only is that the best move for him financially, but also like it seems personally, he's from L.A. His family lives in L.A. It was really difficult. One of the like the the moment that I actually felt worst for him was when he was talking about the impact last season had on his kids, right? We're about, at about school them coming to the arena. Yeah. And, well, okay, yeah. coming to the arena and then getting shit at school, you know, yeah. like that was, that was the toughest stuff for me to hear too. And, and like, I totally understand why he, he as a father would be saying like, what the hell is wrong with you people? Leave my kids alone. And I completely agree. But like for him personally, professionally, financially, that all makes the most sense for him. However, if you're the Lakers, that's not a gamble you can make. That's not a gamble I would be comfortable making is, is this guy realizing all of that because like, really what's the incentive for him to do so? The, he's already a hall of famer. He's already a top 75 player of all time. He's already made what 300, 400 something million dollars in just basketball earnings over the course of his career. Uh, he are not to mention the stuff that he has made in, in, in endorsements off of the court with Jordan and any number of other things. Um, he seems like he has all kinds of interests off of the court too. Um, and I don't, I'm, I don't say that as, as a knock on him. I'm just saying that like, he really does seem to understand work-life balance. Um, and, and he just he, great family. Like there is no real incentive for him to, to, to come to the conclusion or, or, or buy in and commit to what the Lakers or any team that is interested in winning would require him to do. So for, from my standpoint, if I was just, if I had, if I was Rob Polinka, if I was the brain trust of, of Jeannie and the Rambi and Tim Harris or whatever, and I was asked, Hey, I need to make a decision here one way or the other. And I have to, I have to gamble on this guy getting it. I just, I can't in good conscience make that uh, conscience, make that come to that conclusion. There's just no reason for him to do so. And, and as that remains the case, 
he should have been moved at the beginning of the offseason. Let some other team make that gamble. And if he makes that, if he if he if he makes good on that gamble, then all respect to him and all respect to the team that brought him on. So yes, but that is that your Laker fan is shining through and your mm-hmm. Lakers exceptionalism is shining through. Yes. And do I all right, let's well, I'll take the first thing, the first part first. Do I suspect that he's going to do the things necessary? No, I don't. No. I do not. I think it is unlikely. Uh, no, 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 no. You know what? I didn't think it was going to happen last year, and I was right. Right. And again, I. You know what? Never. No, no, I'll leave that alone. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to happen last year. I didn't like the move last year, and I made that known. I thought there mm-hmm. were ways in which it could work, but I didn't suspect they were going to for the reasons it didn't. Do I think it could this year? Sure, it could. But I think it is even less likely this year than last year because we have one more year of evidence. Yeah. So let me be clear. I do not suspect Russ is going to change. I don't think there's any evidence that he will. So if you if you hope and wish and think he's going to, it's all hoping and wishing because there isn't any evidence. One piece of evidence, if you want to have purple and gold and rust-colored glasses on, is that, and we've I've said this months ago on our show, is that maybe last year and how it went last year and all of those unfortunate events that you chronicled, maybe that could be the way. Maybe. I don't suspect so, but maybe that could be the way. But this but, offseason, like his response this offseason has been, and again, I don't, this is the thing. I don't hold this against him in any way. If a city, essentially, especially my hometown city, which your Belinda might because I'm liberal, but like um, <laughs> if a city completely rejected me in the way that LA seemed to over the course of his, uh, of his tenure last year, I, especially given the impact it had on my family, I would be like, no, fuck you guys. I'm out. I think, I think that's most likely. However, it is possible that, something he could say shit like that didn't that didn't that didn't go so well so let me like that could change things i need to change things especially because it's in la i lost some of la do i expect it no but that is possible another another but the other part of it the reason why i say lakers exceptionalism from you is that you are only looking at this from the lakers perspective like the Lakers should have done this. And that doesn't provide any of the context of what is available. Like or what was possible. It doesn't take into account that there are all of these other teams that are trying to make their best deals also. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, again, yes, I agree. It would have been best for the Lakers to trade rough, but not under any circumstances, not when the deal that they're going to get back. And by the way, everything that you see reported is not there. People are the reporters, Woj, Shams, Haynes, Stein, even Ramona, you know, all the beat guys, Woiki, Jova, everybody around here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> RD Ambition. Scoopy. <laughs> uh, whoever that, what is it, the, the new one, Utah, something, something now. Um, yeah. The, the legitimate ones definitely often have, um, you know, good sourcing and are talking to people. But they often present conversations and discussions as action items when they aren't necessarily the case. And so 
it doesn't mean that just because you hear about a discussion, two teams talking, I can't speak on any of the specifics, but two teams talking, it generally they're right about them talking and maybe light frameworks of stuff. But that doesn't mean, yes, like team A, well, the Lakers in this case, it doesn't mean the Lakers have like this menu laid out like, okay, do you want the this team option? Push button A. Do you want the this option? Press B. Do you want this option? Press C. So I would I would caution Lakers fans that it doesn't mean that and if nothing happens, it doesn't mean that the Lakers had a million satisfactory options and just chose not to, is my point. Yeah, like essentially the tenor of these conversations is like if you in, if you included those two first-round picks in Russ, this is what we could maybe make available. Here's what the price, if we made so-and-so available, his, here's what the price could be. But it's not, it's never like, if you include these two, this is what you get. It's and it never... feels like to Lakers fans, because, and I understand it, that is the Lakers fan perspective, and there is Lakers exceptionalism, but it feels like, and I'm I'm talking to you too, Anthony Irwin, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing at you, I'm not pointing behind you. It, it feels like the Lakers fucked this up because they turned down X or Y or Z. And that is rarely the case, and well, is definitely not always the case. Well, here, here's... Here's why I would tweak that slightly. Okay. Right? I don't think the Lakers have come out. Like, I don't think the Lakers have gotten such an offer that is actionable that they would legitimately, like, just shun away, right? I don't think that has happened to this point. But I do think their borderline dogmatic reluctance to just not include that second first rounder limits the kind of conversations that they could have had and limits the productivity of those conversations that they could have had over the course of the offseason. Again, this has always seemed very simple to me. Not easy, like to the point you made a second ago. Not easy, but this has always seemed very simple to me. It's going to cost one first-rounder to move Russell Westbrook's one one year of $47 million on his contract. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost another first-rounder to bring in any tangible help as a result of moving Russell Westbrook in that $47 million expiring contract. Um, you know, but like that's that right. All... No, I, I, I have no problem with that premise. None. Zero. Right. I have zero problem. But if with that the premise. Lakers, but if but the Lakers refuse to, it? but if, if they refuse to, like it has seemed to me based on reporting um, that others have done and, and based on conversations that I have had, it has seemed to me like the Lakers have refused to come to grips with that reality that Rob Polinka and the Lakers have refused to think of Russell Westbrook as a contract that they have to dump rather than an asset that they that they should get something back so for. I disagree I disagree with that. Okay. I think that because this is true of you and me, this is true of every Laker fan, this is true of people within the Lakers organization. We all have a different threshold for what is enough. 